Welcome back to another episode of the QB Spotlight Podcast. As always, we've got your co-host here, my man, Steve Hamner, the guy, the man behind QB Spotlight, and myself, Eric Henry. As always, you can find the podcast at QB Spotlight on Twitter, and you can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. You can find Steve on Twitter at Stephen Hamner. That's H-A-M-N-E-R. Steve, how's it going, my man? And things are good, Eric. And just so the listeners can know, this is the first podcast we were actually together in the same room. We've been uh, in different states, but I'm back in Florida right now, so we are in the same state and enjoying the same weather, finally. You know? <laughs> it's actually pretty interesting. Believe it or not, Steve, this is the first podcast that I've done where I've been in the same room with my co-host. Interesting. For you know, my CUSA podcast yep. that we do with Joe, Joe lives all around the West Coast. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm never in the same room. So it's actually kind of, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a first for both of us. It's kind of weird, but it's cool because we yeah, have yeah. that, we're actually staring at each other right, now, so right. just like, you know, yelling through the phone, you know, kind of like. We can have a conversation. Now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Instead of like waiting for the person to pause. Yeah. Really quick, man, I know this was your, uh, your first year here here in the city with a uh, with Gasparilla. I know you didn't come out, but what what has it been like, you know, being in the uh, greater Tampa Bay area with uh, the festivities? So I didn't, I wasn't too, I guess I didn't see too much of it, but of course seeing the news and texting with you back and forth, it reminded me of a a Mardi Gras, a lower scale Mardi Gras. I don't want to offend my New Orleans people, my Louisiana fans, but um, I've, I am, all my parents are from Louisiana, so we kind of grew up with some Mardi Gras festivities here right. and there. But it reminded me of a pirate-themed Mardi Gras on water that I have no clue why they do it or what the point of it is. It just seems like an excuse to get together, drink at 8 a.m., and pass out by the afternoon. Um, and so that was my takeaway from it. I stayed out by the beach and just watched it. <laughs> I was not with with people. It was no crowds. And I'll let you tell me how the crowds work. Your 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 assertion of uh, <laughs> your assessment of what Mardi Gras of what excuse me what Gasparilla is is pretty much correct. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll spare the listeners too much of the, you know the uh, Gasparilla breakdown, but I'll make it quick. So yes, it is you know Mardi Gras on the water. Mm-hmm. The reason it's it's pirate themed is because um, of the found the founding fathers of Tampa, right? Okay. So. Um, Tampa was founded by um, Jose Gaspar, right? Harrogate's hence Gasparilla. Mm-hmm. And um, they, you know, essentially comes from like that uh, Spaniard slash Cuban influence is mm-hmm. where it comes in, why it's on the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pirate thing, uh, that's just kind of Tampa thing. Yeah. You know, you get the bucks, you know, yep, and, and yep. that's just kind of what we've adopted over the years. So, but yes, it is absolutely just an excuse to get hammered at 8 a.m. Which you and, did not do, which right? Which I did not do. Right. Like, it, yeah. Listen. Yeah, I think you know this. At the age that we're at, yeah. um, it, it, those hangovers, they hit you pretty hard. So. You go to People Watch, right? <laughs> I Listen, I confess, I have no issue telling you this you know, publicly. I was drinking Tito's with Pedialyte okay. because I, I was not going to you know, be that person who couldn't function the next yeah, day. Yeah. So, and I also ducked out pretty early. I was done by 5 o'clock. Oh, good. So, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's mature of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, before we go too much into our Mardi Gras, Gasparilla you know, breakdown, we'll get into what we're here. Everyone, What everyone is here for which are the quarterbacks, man. Yep. So uh, what we're going to do, this episode is going to be pretty special. You know, uh, once again, we want to thank FIU quarterback James Morgan or former FIU quarterback James Morgan for coming on. Hope everyone enjoyed that podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, go ahead and please download it. You can find it, you know, where you find most uh, major podcasts. But James was a great guy. I had a chance to cover him for the past two years and mm-hmm. just a tremendous talent. And I think, you know, yeah, that was, re- really quick, you know, yeah, how, that, was great, how you that was great just talking like quarterback talk. I know we've probably got too specific and we were supposed to on air, but I have no idea what the journalist code really is. <laughs> But that was fun, you know, talking some quarterback talk and different coverages and being able to speak the same language, if you will. Uh, but, yeah, that, that was very cool and uh, it was very nice for him to come on and join us for a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly the journalist code. Is I don't yeah. think you know Rich Grosky and Butch Davis have, true, to, have true, to worry true. about have to worry about me, you know, divulging their <laughs> secrets. But you know, probably doesn't want you know the opposing CEO to say uh, um, right. coaches. You can <laughs> no, blame that on me. No, 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 man. You know, you're you're the rookie here. I'm the vet. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yes, yeah, so we hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. And what we're going to do with this podcast is kind of break down this episode. Is uh, some of the guys in the transfer portal who are still left who don't have homes yet. And they're also going to take a look at a couple CUSA incoming uh, prospects and see you know, what they have to offer. So let's go ahead and take it away. Uh, first name on the board that you see. So, yeah, it's really interesting, Eric. I know you'll probably jump in uh, and talk about the transfer portal in general and what it means, like the group of five sure. overall. And, you know, we've had successful quarterbacks like James Morgan. And then we've had quarterbacks who have transferred and it hasn't been successful. Maybe like a, like a Brett Keane from USF going sure. to Charlotte. And he's a good quarterback. This didn't work out. Uh, but the, the most interesting uh, quarterback in the transfer portal as it relates to a group of five football, I think, is Justin Rogers from TCU. He was a, a four- or five-star recruit, depending on what uh, recruiting site you kind of base your your recruiting info off of. And he just recently came on uh, and committed to UNLV, which is a huge get for him for UNLV. So that's the number one guy to keep track of. And the reason why he didn't start at TCU is because he had, he had a, a significant injury to his knee or lower extremity somewhere where there was some nerve damage where he couldn't completely feel his whole leg a hundred percent, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. he was having trouble. Uh, he's he's a he's a dual threat guy, so it limited it limited him running wise. So I'm hoping that he is recovered and able to kind of show out for UNLV and those Mountain West quarterbacks are going to be pretty good next year as they have been for, for the past few years. Hopefully, he can go in and start. But that's that's a big get for UNLV. Um, and come bringing a four or five star high school recruit uh, is going to be beneficial for them. It's very it'll be interesting to watch as well. Uh, another guy who I don't think is going to go the group of five route. That was worth touching on just because uh, he's someone that we've kind of covered through watching FIU games. Is Jaron Williams from from Miami? I'm inter- interested to see your take from it and kind of like what you've heard about that whole situation because he's a big recruit and he yeah. can play at a power five level, but. For whatever reason, he didn't have very much success at Miami. And is he going to go Group of Five? Is he going to try to stay at Power Five? What do you think about him? Before I go to Williams, really quick, I'll just yeah. you know add my uh, my two cents as far as the UNLV quarterback yes, situation. Yes. I find it interesting because I was a huge Armani Rogers fan coming in. Uh, I think it's very true that he and Tony Sanchez were kind of linked at the hip in terms of you know the fate of. Of their tenure there. Yep. Tony Sanchez is no longer the head coach there. For those of you guys listening who may not be familiar, he was the head coach of a you know national powerhouse at Bishop Gorman at uh, in Las Vegas. So it seemed like you know that would be a perfect fit, hometown guy coming in there and just didn't work out. So now I'll be left to see whether Armani Rogers is you know with a new coach if that's going to be the, the route they want to go because he's the definition of quote unquote dual threat. But his mm-hmm. first start is definitely is definitely his legs yes. as opposed to the arm. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But then as far as Jaron Williams. This is something that I think you have to kind of take into account here, you know, and I'm going to touch on this really quickly. I know some FIU fans or, or just some in the, in the FIU community have kind of drawn the link that because Jaron Williams played at Miami that, oh, okay, he is leaving the Hurricanes, the natural fit would be FIU, right? Well, I mean, that's not exactly the case. I'm going to tell you why in about 30, in, you know, 30 seconds or less. My opinion is that you just don't see guys who are, Jaron Williams was a redshirt freshman last year. You don't see guys who are four and five star talents, and you know stars are subjective. That you know, take it with a grain of salt. Yes, but you don't see guys who were that level of talent come out and say, "Hey, 
um, I'm going to go from a Miami to a G5. You know, mm-hmm. typically they go to Miami and they, uh, they're they like your Tate Martells or your Justin right. Fields and they give it another shot at a power five. So I think that's just a natural. Especially because um, he's younger. He's not like a senior, junior. Exactly. Yeah. So I, personal opinion, I think the landing spot for him will be UF. Okay. Um, so I think that's kind of the breakdown of that. He's not necessarily going to be a G5 guy. But uh, the next guy on the list, we got here, Jack Sears. What are your yes. thoughts on him? And real quick, back to Williams. He'll have, oh, to, yeah, he'll yeah. have to sit out a year, correct? You know what, man? This waiver situation it, it's is crazy. Weird. Cause I, I don't think Rodgers has to sit out the UNLV, but I could be wrong. I don't. The, you never know. This right? waiver situation is weird. And I'll give you an example. Covering FIU, there were yeah. a couple kids who um, they didn't get their waivers cleared until four or five games into the year. Jeez. So then you know, Alexi Jean Baptiste and Chris Whitaker, who ended up being difference makers as defensive right. ends, but they didn't get their waivers cleared. There was a running back, Bleak Williams, who didn't get his waiver cleared until like the ninth or tenth game of Jeez. the year. So it's 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 so up in the air, man. I yeah. think you know we can do an episode on that another time. But yeah, I, I just think that you know you should just give everyone one free transfer, and that would make the situation. That, uh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, but yeah, but it's like you said, Jack Sears from. So he, I believe, he entered the transfer portal before the season even started from USC, and he just recently committed, or I don't know if he signed technically to San Diego State. Uh, but he, there was a three four way quarterback competition at USC before the year started. He ended up uh, not winning. I don't even think he got second. I think he was a third-string guy. And so, of course, he enters the transfer portal, and now he's ending up at San Diego State. And San Diego State had a few guys at quarterback last year. They they, they changed their uh, their offensive scheme last year to more uh, of a spread, more passing attack, even though they still relied on the running game, which traditionally has been their strong suit, their, their running game. And so San Diego State, they're getting a new coach, and the name – uh, slips my mind, Eric. I don't know if you can remember. Is it years. not Rocky Long, the former SDSU coach um, from before? We we'll have to check that on the fly. Okay, I, you know I believe I'll, that. I'll let you pull it up and see who the who who, who the new coach is. Um, but I know they have they have a new coach. That'll be interesting. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. I said Rocky Long. He, he was the he's, he's coach, replacing right? Rocky Long, okay. but the coach who was is Brady Hoke, who held that's that right. who held that job before. Yeah, that's right. So and there we go. Former Michigan coach. Former Michigan that's right. Ball State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny, he yeah. Funny story. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so. Uh, so that'd be interesting to see. Uh, San Diego State's always seems to be close to like a ten win team every year in the Mountain West. So having solid quarterback play, which is something that uh, has been hit or miss for them, could be big if Sears comes in and takes the starting job. And um, another guy who is probably similar as far as talent, talent level is Nick Starkle from Arkansas, transferred to San Jose State, and he's been given a lot of a lot of grief just because when Arkansas played San Jose State this year, Arkansas lost, and Starkle was the quarterback for Arkansas, and gotcha. he ended up throwing five interceptions. And so, uh, and before that, he was at um, Texas A&M. So he's had okay. several different transfers. Uh, he was uh, a kid from a Dallas high school area in Texas. And I don't know if you remember, Eric, um, the, the show QB1 with yeah. Tate Martell. Yeah, of course. So he was, he was the guy. There was a bunch of controversy, controversy when Tate Martell – like said, Nick Starkle is butt or something like that. Like, I don't know if you remember that. So, uh, I, 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 I believe he used a, a strong different word, word right? Yes, for for, yes. for us, yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, so it's funny you mentioned Tate Martell briefly talking about Miami. And so, uh, but yeah, he'll go to San Jose State replacing Josh Love. Hopefully, he he gets the starting job. Uh, at least in his mind, he will. But Josh Love's a stud last year, Mountain West Player of the Year. So we'll see if he can go in and and have a have a impact on them uh, unfortunately it didn't work out at arkansas but you know it might at a lower level uh lower level spot real quick i want to ask you this because yeah. you know to kind of bring you listeners in here you know where uh we do this thing on the fly so it looks like we're running good on time here so when i have time yeah, to yeah. Uh, ask steve a question what are your thoughts it's just funny you mentioned that that the kid starkle he's yeah. um, um transferred a couple times yeah and i'm curious um what 
from a quarterback's perspective. Yeah. How is it to go in there and learn multiple offenses? Mm-hmm. Because obviously that has to we, – we hear about it all the time when we say this quarterback didn't have a chance to succeed or we in the media say that because they had multiple offensive coordinators and multiple right. coaches. And I'll just give you my experience yes. you know, covering FIU. Um, a kid, I don't think he'll mind me saying this, you know, former FIU defensive lineman Anthony Johnson. He's in the XFL right now with the Seattle team. But okay. uh, I had a chance to interview him during his pro day. And one of the things he said was that, man, you know, during my time here, you know, I had four different D line, four different position coaches, three different defensive coordinators. And it takes a toll to kind of learn something new mm-hmm. at, at every single turn. So I can only imagine as a quarterback. Um, now, granted, you're probably looking for a scheme that's similar sure, to your, sure. your, your skill sets, but still, sure. just kind of bring us in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like you said, you definitely want to. If you can find a scheme that's similar, whether it's even though if it uses different language or, or, or different kind of breakdowns of things, if it's similar, it's going to be easier to break down or it's going to be easier to to, uh, to kind of fit in and take over. Uh, but it's kind of like, you know, that that old saying, it's like the, the 10,000 uh, 10, practice, 10,000 hours of practice rule. You know, if someone can practice for 10,000 hours, perfect practice, they'll be quote unquote an expert. You know what I mean? Uh, so it kind of brings me back to that. If you only have an X amount of time with one offensive scheme, let's just say during the off season, you still haven't been in that scheme with those players, the linemen, uh, with your wideouts, with your running back. You haven't been with all those guys in an actual game setting, just in like you know half shells or seven on seven type setting. So when you go into a real game, it's going to be much different. Um, and so I think it's I think the lack of just the lack of those hours put in with your teammates is the biggest thing, not necessarily the scheme, but just the hours with your teammates. Uh, and, and then knowing, knowing your coaching, knowing what your coaching staff's looking for. I think those, those are probably the two biggest things when you transfer like that. But like you said, you definitely want to find an offensive scheme that fits you. Um, but when you transfer a third time and it hasn't worked out, it makes you kind of think, well, is it, is it the scheme or is it something I'm doing? You know, right. not saying, right. not, you know, dogging on, on Starkle by any means. I hope he comes out and just crushes it. But, uh, there's probably, he's probably had some like self, you know, reflecting and, you know, figuring things out. Uh, but you know, he's a college kid, just takes some time to, to figure things out. Um, but it, it definitely to wrap it back around. It's definitely not as easy as some people like James Morgan can make it look, you know, but it's possible. So, so when it's funny, you mentioned a kid who kind of been around the horn a couple of times, you know, we're going to talk about Cade Fortin, who's heading from UNC to USF, and he's going to potentially be stepping in for uh, Blake, Born- Blake Barnett, who's right. a guy who had been around the horn a couple of times. Now at USF, who they have is uh, Jordan McLeod. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's an interesting situation. McLeod is a hometown kid as well. Um, and I-, I think USF, What's really going to be interesting is just what Jeff Scott wants to implement. Mm-hmm. Because we all know, uh, you get that new head coach in and they may say, hey, I want to bring in my own guy. I think you look at that kind of like a Western Kentucky situation, you know, where uh, Tyson Helton decided to bring in Ty Story. Mm-hmm. And Ty Story didn't begin the year as a starter. Right. But as soon as there was the opportunity, you know, whether it was an injury to Stephen Duncan, which is, was the case, got injured at FIU, uh, went to Ty Story and, or excuse me, he was injured the game after FIU. We went to tie story and the rest is history, right? right. So you got to think if you're the other quarterbacks on the roster and you see someone else come in, you got to think, hey, um, I, even at FIU, James Morgan, mm-hmm. you know, um, Butch Davis came in and granted, Butch Davis had Christian Alexander, but he didn't recruit Christian Alexander, right? You know, so James Morgan was his guy. So I think that'll be interesting. And uh, I think it'll play a factor that if Cade Ford does get that immediate eligibility, you got to mm-hmm. think if Jordan McLeod, especially with him being a dual threat guy as well, he doesn't fit what, you know, Jeff Scott wants to do. And he's going to yeah. be the next guy. And the thing with Fortin, he was in a very close competition, quarterback competition last year with UNC, at UNC with uh, two other guys. And, you know, Sam Howell, the guy that beat him out, yeah. is one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC returning Absolutely. stud true freshman. So it's not like he lost to some 
or it's not like he lost to the quarterback uh, battle to some no-name guy. You right. know what I mean? So he lost to, to right. so he he's got some talent. And it'll be interesting. I can't remember if he. I believe he might have started a few games his true freshman year at North Carolina the year before Sam Howell got there and put up some good numbers. It was either him or, or the the other backup that was competing, who the, the name uh, slips me right now. Uh, but nonetheless, he's a power five quarterback transferring to a, a quote-unquote lower level uh, sure. that should have, hopefully, can come in and have some success. Um but a, a guy who, who is similar to Cade Fortin is, is, is and excuse me if I mispronounced the last name, Jake Hayner from uh, Washington. And he lost the quarterback competition to Jacob Eason this past year to uh, enter and enter the transfer portal. And he is ending up at Fresno State. He's a kid, admittedly, I don't know much about. But anytime a school like Fresno State in the Mountain West can get a, high, a highly regarded recruit out of high school, Jake Hayner from Washington. I think it's only going to help Fresno State, especially they're losing their quarterback this year, who's a senior. Fresno State is coming off a, a down year, and you know they need improved quarterback play to get back to where they usually are. So uh, that's another kid, and another kid. I'm, I know I'm kind of keep rolling here. No, okay, keep rolling. Um, I, I, I want to jump into next. So. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah, and so Peyton Ramsey from Indiana, who I know you you have seen in person, so yeah. when they played at FIU, he's a kid who. So he started two years ago for Indiana, put up good numbers, and this year he started off and on. Michael Penix, I believe, is the Michael starter. Michael Penix, junior, yeah. Tampa kid out of Tampa, Tampa Bay so he, Tech High School. He's a stud. He's a, stud. And he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big-time ball player, and, and Ramsey's a stud in his own right. But I, yeah. Ramsey, who uh, it reminds me of a guy who you mentioned briefly on this episode, Ty Story. He sure. could be a guy who can come in the G5 level and fit in well, find a scheme that fits him. And have a huge year, lead a team to to a potential conference championship. Like Ty Story almost led Western Kentucky to a conference championship game. This is something we're going to get into later on the podcast. We talk about teams, you know, across Conference USA and maybe other G five leagues who maybe you know a grad transfer might do them well. Mm-hmm. But I think Peyton Ramsey is just that like quintessential you know guy who. This isn't to say that he couldn't start at another Power Five similar sure, to Indiana, sure. but I think if he makes that that decision to go G five, he can slide right in. What I liked about him is that he's, uh, for lack of a better word, he's cerebral. And, you know, granted, the times I've seen him was mm-hmm. against FIU, and, you know, their defense wasn't exactly the best uh, to begin the year. I saw him the opening game of the 2018 season. Right. But one of the things that he he doesn't, that I liked about him is that he doesn't play outside of his, his you know, uh, ability, right? Sure. He doesn't think, you know, I need to, I'm a quarterback, so i got to chuck the ball 50 yards downfield. He took the throws that were there. That was uh, under Tom Allen. Yep. yep. Who then that was a, a very late coaching change here with uh, Tom Allen coming in. But you know, he took the throws that were there. Isn't afraid to dink and dunk. And I know that's kind of a negative kind of you know um, a negative connotation with the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. You say this guy's you know um, um, a game manager, but he did exactly what he what he what he does in place of his strengths. Now, why that probably didn't work out well at Indiana is because you look at Michael Penix Jr. and he has all the tools. You know, Michael Penix came in and they're chucking the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. He's hitting downfield throws to big receivers like Donovan Hale and, and guys like that. You know, so. Um, I think that's the reason why it didn't work out for him as Indiana. That they even split time the past two years, right? You know, not just this year, but the year before. The year before sure. So even though he started most of 2018, it was always kind of like uh, we got this little they shiny knew, toy here. Let, let's let's see what yeah. Michael Penix has, yeah. right? So so um, you know, I think that's the case. But I would love to see him get a shot at a G5. Yeah, yeah I'm um, with you. And see how that goes. Another guy I think is very intriguing. And I know both of us, you know, kind of saw this name and it kind of mm-hmm. per- made our eyes perk up. Is a uh, Kalen Newton. Now, if you know the name Newton, uh, it, yes, is related yep, to Cam yep, Newton. Yep. It is Cam Newton's little brother. Uh, for those of us on the uh, on the college football stage, probably got really acquainted with this guy when they pulled off at Howard 
the biggest upset and I believe it was the biggest upset according to the spread. Yeah. You know, according to the, the betting spread. Like and college history. Point, you I believe it was 48 points. Okay. And what's crazy about it is it was 48 points against UNLV. Mm-hmm. It wasn't 48 mm-hmm. points against, you know, uh, Alabama. Right, right. <laughs> it was 48 points against yeah. UNLV, which goes to show you just, you know, what they thought of Howard and what the, yeah. the, the people in Vegas. So I think it's kind of fitting that he, uh, you know, broke the spread in right. Vegas, right? Kind of fitting that he went ahead and did that there where the betters go ahead and set those lines. But nevertheless... I think he's a guy who both of us are in agreement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, great G5 prospect, I, right? I, like, he's a I guy agree. who, if he can land, um, I don't want to throw out any any schools just, you know, randomly because I don't want to make it seem as if I have any right. inside knowledge. Right. But I think, first off, to the best of my recollection, and um, yeah, I'm 99.9% sure this is the case, because he's going FCS to FBS, he will not have to sit out a year. And I, as a matter I, of I fact, I right. know that's the case. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I know of other kids right. who have um, um, made that jump. So I just think yeah, the sooner the better that he can get in, you know, get into a system and play. And he's not the biggest kid in the world. He's not his brother's size. Mm-hmm. He's not 6'5", 240. Uh, I want to say he's closer to like six foot, six one. Yeah, you know, maybe 200 maybe pounds. Even maybe, yeah, maybe even 5'11". Maybe even 5'11". Yeah, yeah, not the biggest kid. But he's just, he's for lack of a better word, he's a gamer. He's a gamer, yep. He can sling. He's a good athlete still. He's put up uh, big numbers. and uh, I, uh, Like you said, I don't know if he's going to have one year left, if he just completed his junior year, which I think think he did or it might have been his sophomore year but regardless he'll have at least one potentially two years left when he when he transfers and he's a kid it was funny last year uh, i was breaking down uh nfl draft quarterbacks for for site and i had a a a fcs coach reach out to me and ask about a breakdown kayla newton which i did and that's the first time i really watched him play besides the unlv game it was impressive he he can make the throws he kind of reminded me of a bigger more athletic version of mason fine so take that with what it's worth uh, and that's just a quarterback just to compare uh, our listeners to. Sure. Um, so he, he's definitely going to be interesting to, to, to see where he ends up. And it's always interesting to see a, a FCS quarterback jump up to the G5 or, or FBS ranks. Yeah. And just for our listeners to know all the quarterbacks we talked about, we got this info from uh, the transfer portal, 24-7 sports transfer portal, which they yeah. have online. You can go and check. There's a lot more quarterbacks and a lot more kind of – there are a few G5 guys going to Power 5 and other quarterbacks who could be Power 5 quarterbacks, but we don't have all the time in the world to talk about them. But for anyone that wants to go check it out, just 24-7 sports, have a transfer portal section, go skim through and uh, kind of see who's there. So, yes, yeah, so we'll go ahead and make this next transition from our transfer portal guys to kind of, you know, we're going to take a look at Conference USA, our early signees here. And, you know, there weren't too many. It wasn't like every team, you know, right. Conference USA yeah. has an early signee that really, you know, necessarily needs a spotlight or anything like right. that. And also there are a lot of teams in CUSA who have solid quarterbacks. Right. You know, so we'll go ahead and the first one we're going to take a look at is Louisiana Tech. So I'll let you go and take a look. Yeah, so, it was, so I, was, I was going through just all the, the uh, early signees. So, again, not the quote-unquote committed guys who haven't signed yet, but just the uh, – the, the quarterbacks that signed the early signing period. And uh, one of the first guys that kind of jumped out was J.D. Head from uh, – he's from Pearland, actually, which is close to kind of where I grew up. He transferred from Oklahoma, and he's going into Louisiana Tech. And I, I don't know if he has a legitimate shot at the starting quarterback position this year just because being a true freshman. And they had a – their backup showed a few good things last year when uh, J.M.R. Smith was uh, suspended. So but he's a guy to remember and keep your, keep your eyes on down the road. Uh, an, another guy who I know Eric will be able to chime in here some is uh, Hayden Carlson, FIU's early signee uh, from his neck of the woods. And 
he's a guy, again, I just briefly uh, w- watched his film. I know FIU is needing a, a, another quarterback, and I don't think he's going to step in and start right away, but he's a guy who down the road could develop and potentially take over as a guy at FIU. Yeah, so really quick, you know, I just wanted to uh, double check because I'm so quick to saying, you know, yeah. um, uh, Austin Allen, who's another kid, Aaron Allen is at Louisiana Tech. And, That's right. And, and yes. he will. He was the guy who, who took over Jim, yes, Jamar okay. Smith, which Thank Jamar you. Smith was Thank suspended. You. Yep. So Aaron Allen should, nice, you know, most like, yeah. barring any, you know, unforeseen circumstances, right. should be the guy. And he played well, yeah. uh, especially given the circumstances in which, you know, he found out about that suspension. He didn't look lost. He came out and he, he competed. He put him in. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so, yeah, when we talk about FIU and Hayden Carlson, and we'll talk a little bit about their quarterback situation just, you know, from top to bottom here with James Morgan, you know, uh, graduating. Who they have, uh, they have a redshirt freshman, Stone Norton, who actually was the highest rated recruit in the history of the program. When you look at it by the uh, composite ranking mm-hmm. era, which is 247 sports, things of that nature. Just edging out former um, FIU quarterback Alex Magoo, who's mm-hmm. now with Houston. So that kind of gives you an idea of his talent. And he played for an NFL quarterback in high school in Jonathan Quinn. So, you know, he's your uh, kind of traditional pocket passer. Uh, solid athlete, mm-hmm. you know, not gonna wow you with his mm-hmm. with his, his mm-hmm. legs or anything like that, but he can move a little bit. But uh, I think that's what you're looking at with with um, with Stone Norton, and then also, you know, they have Kalen Wiggins, who started a couple, or excuse me, started one game this year and played in a, in a few others. That James Morgan, New Hampshire, no, New Hampshire game. Okay, yeah, correct. Yes. He started the New Hampshire game, and in the New Hampshire game, which mm-hmm. once again it is FCS New Hampshire, so take yeah, it with a grain sure, of salt. But sure. he set the FIU record for most rushing yards by mm-hmm. quarterback with 187. So that kind of gives you an idea of their quarterback situation. And Hayden will come in and be the number three. Uh, the thing with Hayden is this, and this is, you know, I don't think I'm betraying any of FIU's confidence when I say this. Is that Hayden? He's very much a raw talent. Mm-hmm. You know, they they know he's a raw talent because his father, former NFL quarterback Jeff Carlson, didn't force him to play football early on. You know, he said, "Hey, go play soccer. Go play little league. Go little league baseball. Go, you know, play basketball. Do what you want to do. And then if you find the way back to football, or if you find the love for football, awesome." Eventually, Hayden did around eighth and ninth grade. He's only been playing football for a handful of years. So with Stone. You know, Stone's a guy who's been playing his entire life and kind of has that edge. Whereas with Hayden, they know he's a raw prospect. They know he has the bloodlines. Mm-hmm. He has a you know a solid arm, mm-hmm. um, good arm talent. But he's definitely not a guy who, I mean, it's very rare that you find someone who's been playing quarterback just a handful sure. of years and so you can insert yeah. him in. Uh, now, the next guy who we're going to talk about is someone who you really like. It's Western yeah. Kentucky's uh, recruit coming in, right? Yeah, so Gray Robinson, and I believe he's from the Washington area. Uh, so it's kind of interesting going from Washington, getting recruited from Washington to Western Kentucky. Don't exactly quote me on that, but that's where I'm pretty sure he's from. Uh, and out of all the, the film I've watched on all the early signees for the quarterback position at conference, he, was, he is from Washington area? Correct. Okay, correct. sorry. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so of, of all the film I've watched um, of the quarterback for the early signees in conference, he would say this guy stood out the most, and maybe it's because he – Reminds me of myself, but just way more athletic. A little smaller guy, but just makes plays happen with his feet. And uh, his highlight tape is, is very exciting to watch for anyone that's interested. He's a superb athlete, runs a ten nine two in the hundred meter, and he can sling it too. So it's interesting that these three teams we just kind of uh, touched on and talked about. Each one of these guys are losing their starting quarterback. We're not saying these true freshmen are going to come in and take over, but they're guys to remember down the road. Grady Robinson is going to be behind Stephen Duncan. David Shanley, he's still there. David Shanley, correct. There, there was one more recruit. Kavaris, yes. Kavaris Thomas, who's a kid from Lakeland High School. Okay, is, is he still with? From what I, okay. I understand, Kavaris Thomas is still there. Okay. And Kavaris okay. Thomas is actually a four-star recruit coming he's in. He's a big so, yeah. Yeah, big kid. Uh, it's, it's funny we talk about Kalen Newton. He kind of reminds you of Cam Newton being 6'6", mm-hmm. 240. So uh, he is still there as well. Okay. Um, but with that said, so Robinson probably start at the bottom of the depth chart. But he's a kid who, just to keep your eye on, and uh, it's, it's Tyson Helton's first – 
I believe it's probably his first actual uh, it, 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 heist, it, it, right? it will be his first yeah, recruiting class. Exactly. Mike Sanford, the, the guys from before were Mike Sanford, the second Mike, recruiting right. class. Mike Sanford was fired a couple weeks after the year, so it okay. will be Tyson Hill's So Tyson's first, first full year, exactly. Okay. So, so that's a big get for them. And another guy who stood out to me was uh, Eli Sammons. He's a, a Marshall commit or a signee. Um, and he, you know, he's coming in. They got Isaiah Graham, of course, still the starting quarterback who we've talked at links about already on this podcast, who, who will be a junior. So uh, Eli Sammons will definitely start at the bottom of the, of the depth chart, but he's a tall guy, good arm, a lot of potential to develop. So he's someone to keep an eye on. He, he's kind of a traditional um, traditional kind of proto-style pro quarterback. He's about 6'5", likes to sit in the pocket and just rip it. So he's someone to keep your eye on. And, you know, Marshall quarterbacks always tend to do – or Marshall does a good job developing quarterbacks. So he's someone that I think could develop down the road and, and take over for uh, for for the Thunder Herd. So yeah, so while we you know, once again we're doing good on time, I just want to throw this at you yeah. here. You know, we'll take a look at Conference USA here, and uh, you know we'll take it from top to bottom. Uh, we have some guys here we say who are still in need of a recruit, and not necessarily that they will or will not bring one in. But uh, and we'll cross FAU off this list. You know, we'll do it, hit it off the top of that okay. FAU Willie Taggart did bring in his son Willie Taggart Jr., um, who is by most recruiting standards either a three star or four star prospect, but um, take them aside. You know, I'll let you run down the list and just kind of, you know, yeah, take yeah. it from there. Yeah. So, quarterbacks that still have not have that don't have a quarterback signed yet, uh, UAB, and they've got two guys that are probably battling out: Tyler Johnson the third and Dylan Hopkins. Correct. I'm mistaken, right? And I like I like uh, Tyler Johnson. I think he. I know he he had a rough year last year, and um, you know he was injured some, but I think he's going to be the guy that takes over. But still, they need a guy that they need they. Every class, you want to sign at least one quarterback. You never know what happens, the transfers, sure. injuries. Sure. So they're in need of a guy. UTEP is in as desperate in need of a guy. Is that or is that too harsh to say just because their quarterback, their quarterback played the past few years because Loxie's gone. Uh, Jones, I believe, is not gone. If he's not gone, he's going to be a senior. He, he, he's, he's gone. He's, he's gone. gone. Uh, T.J. Goodwin yeah. is the guy. So To answer your question, I think desperate need is that too strong of a word. I think they're in desperate need of a lot of things. <laughs> so, right, uh, right. so, I mean, they're – no, sure. that, their record shows that right. Right? over the past few yes. years. Yes. One of the main things I think they have is they have Deion Hankins, who was a three-star recruit, a local kid out of El Paso, and uh, they'll also get back Quadres Wadley, who mm-hmm. missed all of last year with a knee injury. So I think that'll be a nice building block. Right. That they'll have two running backs that you can lean on. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I think when you're UTEP, you need to bring all the talent you can. You're right. So, yeah. So, so, and that position is wide open. Yeah, so I'll, I'll let you continue. Uh, Middle Tennessee State, they still don't have a, 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 a guy signed yet. And, you know, they're set at quarterback for at least the next two years. Two years with Asher Asher right here. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you already mentioned FAU. Southern Miss, Jack Abraham's going to be a senior. They have depth behind him. So it's going to be hard for an incoming freshman to climb the ladder. But they're still in need of a quarterback. And then uh, North Texas, surprisingly, uh, still doesn't have a guy signed yet, which, which I would think – the quarterback position would be a top priority. Uh, and, the, and the signing day, the traditional signing day still hasn't happened yet. We're still a few days away, sure. so I want that to, to be said. Uh, but you would still think they would have a guy set in stone with Mason Fine leaving. Um, and then real quick on Old Dominion. I mean, let's, we'll, we can go back and touch on these teams we just talked about, yeah. Eric. But I want to touch on Old Dominion real quick because they, they brought in three quarterbacks last year, two JUCO guys and one freshman, Hayden Wolf, who ended up starting the last few games. And he's a guy that, that we both like. This year, they're also bringing in, as of now, three guys. They have one guy officially signed and two "quote unquote" hard commits, according to Twenty Four Seven Sports. So that's a that's another interesting thing. Like, what do you what do you think? I mean, if if, if I may, yes, and, and you know, covering Conference USA, I'll get a chance to 
go to Conference State Media Days. Yep, yep. Hopefully, you know, you'll join me this year because it'll That'd be, be in the home state of, uh, of Texas. It'll be up there in Frisco. Uh, the barbecue is really good up there, by the way. But let me say this. I don't want to critique coaches for the way they do it's, things. It's, I, yeah. and, and it's not that I'm afraid to. It's just that I'm a firm believer. There's as, a reason they're the coach I'm a firm not. believer. Yes. It's not necessarily that because, I mean, coaches will tell you anything. Yeah. You know, I, but I'm a believer in that. Coaches do have more or less, and players do more or less have more intel than we do, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though we cover, or, or I cover the team, they do have more intel. Sure. You know, sure. these are things that I find out, you know, down the road after the players have graduated, you right. find out certain things, right? But with all due respect, this is my philosophy. And granted, this is the college game where sometimes you may play more than one quarterback. Yep. You can only play, really only play one on the field at a time, right? Right. You know, I, I mean, that's a fact. You can yep. play more than one in a game, but you can only play one at a time. There's only one guy. There's only one guy. Yeah. So, it's a little bewildering to me, and that's why when I looked at Bobby Wilder last year, bringing in all the quarterbacks, and I'm not saying that as a joke, I'm saying he brought in a ton of quarterbacks, and then he already had Stephen Williams on his roster, who, look, look, once again, I'm not coming down on Bobby Wilder, I mean, there's no need, Bobby Wilder, you know, exited that situation with uh, a ton of grace and class, absolutely, but he started Stephen Williams at 17 years old, uh, as a divisional quarterback. And it seemed like that kind of messed him up, you know, to the point where now it's he's hard playing, to develop. Yeah, he's playing yeah, receiver. Yeah. But to bring all the way around, I'm not going to make this the old Dominion Monarch show, but I think Hayden Wolf is the guy. Now, their head coach, he came over from, from Penn State, who was their offensive coordinator. It, it's going to be, it's going to remain to see whether or not he believes that Hayden Wolf is his guy. Mm-hmm. But I think when you take that job, you have to take that job knowing I've got a true freshman, at the time a true freshman. He'll, um, and I believe my memory serves me correct. Reg- he'll, he'll be a, be a yeah, redshirt because yeah. he, he, um, he didn't play for more than four. Right, right. You got to take that job knowing that that should be your project instead of right. going in trying to recruit you know multiple quarterbacks. Because guess what? The reason that Old Dominion has struggled the past two years isn't just quarterback. No. So. Yeah, because uh, like the the the, the kid uh, last not this past season last year Blake uh, what's the the Russo? Blake Larusso he put up good. He was a good quarterback. They had good receiver. Uh, Decent. He was a decent average quarterback. Blake LaRusso put up a lot of numbers because of the fact Garbage that time. they, they, right. they, they were right. down a lot of You're points. Right. And you got to and when you got he two, ser- he was serviceable. Though. He was serviceable, and you had two NF two guys. You're, you're, they're not right. NFL studs, but they're right. guys who are on NFL rosters. And John Duhart and Travis Holden. Right, but it, it was still it was still a better quarterback play than they've had as of late. Correct. That, yeah. Correct. Yes. Sure. Um, but yeah. So that was that was interesting to see, and then. Uh, Eric, I want to get your take on this as well. All, yeah. all the guys that, all the teams that we just said who haven't signed a quarterback yet, uh, who do you think will be in the market for a grad transfer? I think it's safe to say UAB is probably not, Middleton C is probably not, Southern Miss is probably not. But well, why don't we do it like this? I figured yeah. you know you have those names in, um, on on our sheet right here. Yeah, yeah. But I've got all the conference USA pulled up. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll do it together, right? Okay, let's do it. Run it down. UAB in agreement? No. Uh, no, they don't. Okay, don't grad know. transfer or you know, yeah, right. yes, North Texas, yes, yes, Louisiana Tech, yes, yes to a grad transfer. I'm not going to say they're desperate of a they're not of, desperate of a need. recruit exactly, but, but it's, not, it's a possibility. You're right, yes, it's something that's open. Yes, Southern Miss, no, no, um, UTSA. Yeah, and they do have a kid. <clears throat> I haven't talked about him. He's, he's from the Houston area, but I would say yes. Yeah, they got. Who new are coach. you talking about? The, the kid. The, uh, he's uh, the name escapes me. You're not talking about Frank Harris. No, 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 no. Okay, that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about they they, ha- they do the, the, have the, a, the, they the, have, the other kid. His name is escaping me as well too. Uh, they, they did sign. They did they, sign the kid though. Okay, yeah. yeah. But Frank Harris is probably the guy. Frank Harris is still yeah. there, and if Frank Harris can stay healthy, he's shown flashes. However, and you're a Texas guy, so you know yeah. this. He's shown flashes against Incarnate Word. Against Incarnate, you're exactly right. <laughs> Which is, but still. 
No, you're you're exactly right. right? Yes, so, you're exactly okay. right. But so yes, they're in the market for a grad transfer. Okay, Rice. Uh, yes, and they did they did get one actually. Michael Collins from TCU is going right. to Rice, and they also signed a. Uh, they do have a quarterback. He's either signed or he's committed. But um, yeah, they 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 took steps, but still need help. Right? And, and and listen, you know, I'll get into this later on. Yeah. But I think Rice can be that team like Charlotte was this year that can make that jump. Yeah. Blaze Aldridge, their linebacker, is probably mm-hmm. the best player, or mm-hmm. best linebacker mm-hmm. in Conference USA. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that another mm-hmm. time. Uh, we already talked about UTEP. We said yes. Middle Tennessee, we said no. No. Uh, Marshall. No. I think we know Isaiah Green yeah, is the he's guy. The guy. He's, he's just got to play better. You got to play. Yep. FIU. I'll 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 say they could. Yes, it's worked out with James Morgan. Uh, I guess it depends on the confidence the coaching staff has and the quarterbacks on the roster now. I will say not a must. I'll say not a must, but potentially yes. I'll say it's not a must, but. If, and I'm going to I'm going to sound like Butch Davis here. Um, if there's one available where the opportunity shows itself, they definitely could entertain that just because they didn't have a great year last yeah. year. Everyone knows that. But there's enough returning talent, and we know that Conference USA is a league that two teams who you think are going to be good aren't going to be good, and two teams who you think are go- aren't going to be good are going to rise up. hundred yep. percent. So there, there, there's always that opening there. But okay, Charlotte, no. No. Both agree there. Yeah. FAU, no. ODU, I'm gonna say no because how many damn quarterbacks did they you, bring you in? You would think no, but then again, you would think they wouldn't sign. They get three quarterbacks back to back years. And the, real quick on Charlotte, I think they have a juke. I do think they have a juke go sign, but he's not, you know, a grad transfer. So sure, I would agree with you. Yes. And then lastly, Western Kentucky. I would say no because they have depth there, but it worked out for him last year. So I, I would I, lean no though. I would say no just because yeah. I think, and I, I really do like Stephen Duncan. Yeah, and, and yeah. I know that. Um, you know, as a journalist, you say things, and sometimes uh, the the limitations of Twitter. I think uh, Stephen Duncan may have actually seen a tweet of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope he didn't take it the wrong way because I said that Stephen Duncan uh, looked. I said that he looked uh, serviceable, yeah. or pedestrian, I believe was, was my quote, or yeah. serviceable, and he did up until that point, which the games with he played. But with all due respect to him, he played his guts out at FIU yeah. and won the ball game. So no one's ever questioned Stephen Duncan's talent. Right. So I just want to make that clear yeah, right yeah. now. He's a big kid that can rip it. He yeah. has all the tools to be the guy. Right. So that's, you know, what we have right there. Yeah. But as you get ready to go ahead and close this one up, we want to say thank you for listening really quick. Something that we really appreciate as we're getting this podcast off the ground, leave us reviews, you know, mm-hmm. wherever you can leave us a review. Um, I'm not afraid of, of you know, yeah. as a journalist, I, I get critiqued all the time. So I'm not afraid of being critiqued. If you Same. want to do it on Twitter, please do. feel yes. free, you know, DM Steve. Uh, leave us feedback you know let us know what can we do better uh, you know what do you like uh, anything you know because we really uh this is really a project that we both enjoy Mm -hmm. just covering quarterbacks and and bringing this uh this project to you so please feel free to interact with us you know we can uh take it you know we're big boys so Mm -hmm. please feel free to send your hate tweets to us as opposed to the kids on the field but send send the hate tweets to eric and anything that you enjoy send my way if you don't (laughs) absolutely you know i'm pretty much used at this point to the hate tweets more than anything else but uh like i said once again we'll do twitters and you can find this podcast at qb spotlight on twitter you can find me on twitter at eric e-r-i-c c henry h-e-n-r-y underscore you can find Steve at Stephen Hamner. That's Hamner, H-A-M-N-E-R. And, you know, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, you can find this podcast available. Thank you for listening, and please join us back next time.